Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the weekly Runner's World podcast with me, Rick Pearson, and he, Ben Hobson. Hello. Each Tuesday, we'll be bringing you the latest news and views alongside an in-depth interview with an inspiring runner. This week, we are speaking to Sabrina Virgie, who has just finished second in the immense Dragon's Back race. Sabrina has finished the race three times, finishing fifth, second, and second again, and we're going to talk to her about what makes the Dragon's Back such a beast of an event. Yeah, sounds great. Well, from the longest of races to one of the shortest, did you watch any of the Westminster Mile on Sunday? I have Highlights. I was I was out and about. <laughs> well, I was in, and I saw Chris O'Hare. He won the men's race in 3.59. Just a casual sub-four-minute yep. mile from Chris. But the real upset was in the, the women's race, uh, the mighty Laura Mule uh, being beaten by fellow Britain, uh, Melissa Courtney. It was amazing. She just kind of uh, went off the front. Yeah. And I was expecting, obviously, Laura Mule is just going to like put the gas put the gas on. Never got past her. Uh, yeah, brilliant, brilliant uh, racing from uh, Melissa Courtney. And... Yeah, it's good for good for women's racing. That actually, you know, it's not just Laura Mew kind of procession winning these things. I think that's that's kind of the the almost like the the, the cross for her to bear is that she's now this, mm. the British record holder and she's like the champion, dis, like that middle distance. And all the other women are just kind of like, no, we're 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 good too. Yeah, it was, what, what it, just go? It was a good reminder of that. And yeah, um, yeah. there was some amazing stuff in in the kind of junior events because the miles are kind of distance, as, as we know, that it sounds short, but if you go off oh, too my. quickly. It can it yeah. can feel like a long long way, and there was some evidence of that um, on the and some of the junior events. But it was it's brilliant telly a mile, I think. It's a great race. There's such a good distance. I think that you know it kind of gets ignored or put put slightly at the, on mm. the back burner when it comes to racing events and stuff like that. But the Westminster Wild is first of all like a great champion of like that distance, and that, I think that's yeah solid. But yeah, I mean I I was fortunate enough to take part in a in a mile race at the Olympic Stadium. Not for the Olympics, are you? No, not, unfortunately not. Oh, okay. Didn't quite make the cut. But that was so much fun. It was just ahead of a Diamond League meet, so there was actually a crowd. Oh, and, wow. And, right. uh, very little training. Basically went pure, like, terror was the main <laughs> motivator of the whole thing. But it really, I think that, you know, if you've never if you've never really tried it, and I think a track is the best place to really kind of give, mm. it, a, give it a crack because you just, you know, it's circles and you just go fast. As sure. Then that's it. But yeah, the mile. Everyone should. I think everyone should give a really good mile attack. Yeah, I think I might have a go at it actually because, it, like you say, it's, it's um, sort of thing you can have a go at. Really commit to the mile, and mm. you're not you're not kind of beating up for days, are you? you kind of no. And also, I think you, you'll notice if you want to get better at it, 
um, it's one of those distances that you can improve quite quickly. Mm. When you get to the pointy end of stuff, it gets really hard to shave time sure, off. Sure, But if you sort of, you do one and you realise, you know, oh, I went out too fast and you do another one and you realise, oh, that's much, much more measured and then you yeah, get into yeah. it and into it and into it and you start doing drills and, and your 200 metre work and all this sort of thing and then suddenly yeah. you're like, oh, I'm a mile man, that's it. Yeah, and I think you've got those, these kind of watershed um, times, aren't there? Like, regardless of your ability, so it could be like, can I run a, can I run a sub eight minute mile? Yeah. Can I go sub seven? Can I go sub six? Can I go sub five? Mm. If I'm particularly kind of good club runner. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, going sub four is <laughs> is a little more elite. But I, I like that about it that it's kind of open to everyone. Yeah, yeah. The time difference is just shaving off seconds every time. It's quite rewarding, I think, in terms yeah. of like bigger goals when you're trying to run big marathon PBs and stuff like that. There's yeah. an instantaneous kind of thrill. Yeah, with, agreed. With, with agreed. Them all. Yeah. Well, we better get on with the uh, the interview, Ben. All right, great. This is the Runner's World Podcast. The Dragon's Back event first took place in 1992 and ever since it has been whispered about with a mixture of awe and trepidation. It is widely regarded to be one of the world's toughest five-day races. It is 315 kilometres in length with 15,500 metres of elevation gain across Wales' wild remote mountains. Most people will never attempt it. Our next guest has completed it three times, this year finishing as second woman. Sabrina Vergi, welcome to the Runner's World podcast. Let's start then, that you know, what is it that keeps you coming back to the Dragon's Back race? You've done it three times now. Most people probably think it sounds kind of very extreme, excessive race, but obviously it's something about it that you really like. Yeah, so um, for me, it's about the people. Um, and especially this time, there's a huge number of people I knew from marshalling you know when when they marshaled when i'd raced before some of them were then racing mm. um and then lots of my friends have decided to do it this year and um lots of people came back from 2017 or 2015 as well and it's just it's a really nice atmosphere and for me it's a bit of a holiday i know it doesn't sound like a <laughs> holiday but yeah. it's the only way i can switch my brain off and um what's great about dragon's back is there's no mobile reception mm. so i can't work and I can't be bothered and asked questions about stuff so I can really relax um, and just enjoy my running and being with my friends. I think to finish fifth and then, and then second and then second again this time around is a, is a remarkable achievement. Um, what do you put this consistency down to? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm getting better, definitely, as well. I mean, the, the results are, don't really tell, of second don't really tell the full story. I mean, if I'd run that fast, in 2017 um i'd have smashed it um i've really i took a lot of time out of you know 17 minutes off day one but uh, i think 40 odd minutes off day two and then an hour and a half i think off day four um so i've really really improved my times um day five um i i was very slow that was that was kind of um there wasn't a race for me (laughs) i wasn't very well and i just needed to get to the end um, so yeah, uh, but I was I was very happy with my performance. I can't really complain about that. I don't ever stress myself out about my running. My running's absolutely about relaxation. The great Kipchoge always says to run with a smile because it, yeah. it makes you relax. And I feel that that's absolutely. that's definitely a a thing that uh, certainly I found that if you just don't take it too seriously, which is ridiculous coming, especially considering you were running for five days and that's quite serious. <laughs> <laughs> But to not take it too seriously. Yeah, it's not a sprint. I mean, you can't just stay focused the whole time. You have to. Well, I certainly can't stay focused on running that hard all that yeah. time. I I have to enjoy it. I have to. I have to want to be there and and uh, just yeah, it, it, talk to people and run with people and 
yeah just be happy it's interesting to talk about the race because it, it you know say it's it's like almost like a holiday for you but it is an incredibly difficult race isn't it the kind of the it's about a 50 percent finisher rate it's often talked about as being one of the world's hardest races what, what is it about the dragon's back that is particularly difficult in your opinion is it the navigation the terrain the mileage okay so uh, the navigation has now been virtually eliminated which for me is a bit sad really mm. um so you've got a gps track you can follow it so unless you you know you're not on the ball you, you shouldn't really have a problem okay. with that uh, and there's lots of people to follow so, so that element um has improved a lot for people who, who, who are not so good with the navigation um, but nonetheless, it's an extremely long way, and there are big mountains in your way. So it's not like running along the road. Yeah. Um, and I think um, the the terrain is, for, for me. I mean, the first two days, I think sometimes you feel like you're not really getting anywhere on some of the terrain. Um, coming off uh, Triffin is quite tricky uh, for me. Crib Goch, even though you know I'm not scared as such, but I'm I'm cautious, shall we say? I, uh, I'm very slow across there. Yeah, right. um, I, I would be too. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm small, I don't want to be blown off. I don't really like standing up if there's a bit of wind. Um, but yeah, so, so some of it's um, quite techy. And then the Rinogs, oh my word, um, <laughs> I did not get the, the right line and ended up in a load of boulders, and that was very slow. Um, the first two days are very hard on your feet. Feet will get bashed about. I did see some people racing in some very um, uncushioned shoes, and I just felt for them really. You really want to be in a sturdy pair of well-cushioned ultra-running shoes like right. Last Sportiva Mutants are what I use and, right. and that really helps keep my feet in good shape as well as like really good cushioned socks um, you mm. know to protect your feet from being bashed feet are the biggest thing when you're, when you're on your feet uh, it's slightly different for people who are running fast because probably people say well why are your feet in such good nick and it's like, well they're probably not contacting the ground as much if, as if you're walking mm. you know and yeah. I'm probably on my feet for much less of the time so they're on their feet for longer, and it wasn't so bad this year. But if they get wet, that can be really hard to deal with sure. because um, everything gets softer. You get um, bits of grain and, and stones in, your, in between your toes and your shoes, and you get blisters, rubs, and, and just pain. Um, so I think it's really important to look after feet, keep them clean and dry, yeah. and you do want to progress as quickly as possible because the less time you're on your feet, the, the easier it is on them, really. You mentioned uh, earlier that you, you have to treat running as a sort of form of relaxation, but how do you go about training for a race of this length and difficulty? I mean, it, you, you, surely you're not just heading out and casually doing some miles and then heading off to do the race. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I would say two years ago I had more of a plan. I had more time on my hands. And I gradually, I, I kind of did 10K a day, um, built and then the next week 15k a day and then 20k every day and then 25 and then 30 I built it up to 40k every day wow. um, three weeks before the race and then I just more or less did nothing tapered um, and that worked really really well um, this time I've two years ago I just opened my own vet practice I'm extremely busy I really haven't got time to do yeah, yeah, yeah. so what I do is whenever I have a spare moment literally throw the shoes on take a map off I go do something that interests me mentally because I like to go on journeys so I definitely don't do any intervals all that rubbish I don't do <laughs> right. uh, you know anything that is pointless and you know is unenjoyable um, because it, it's got to be fun so it, for me it's not training it, it's, it, it's 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 fun so I'm going to do the spine in four weeks time so oh, wow. some of my training for Dragon's Back I thought well why don't I just go and recce 
bits of that's nearby on the Pennine Way. So I'd just drive myself to a point, run to another point, and then get a train back to the car. Because it, it, it's just more interesting that way. I don't like doing the same run all the time. In winter, there's a bit more of that because the days are short. Sure. So you sort of just go, okay, well, I know this two-hour loop, so I'm going to go do that. Um, and I'm going to do it, try and do it faster than I did it last time. If I can, I'll get out every day. Um, but it normally ends up being four to five days a week. Um, for me, it, I'll run for as long as I've got spare. So you mm. know, if I finish work at six, then I'm happy to run till 10, go to bed, you know, eat some food. Um, if I've got a day off, I'll run the whole day. No, it's really impressive that you're fitting it around like a, a busy schedule like that. Um, th- this race, the Dragon's Back, has a really rich history of exceptional female runners. You know, Helen... Diamantides, you know, winning the first one with with Martin Stone, and then obviously Jasmine Paris going on to win it. Do you look to them as kind of like running role models at all? Um, I yeah, I've met met them met them all. Yeah. Um, the race we did in 2015 was um was sort. I was more yeah, I was definitely kind of in awe um of Jasmine and the others actually as well. I mean Beth Pascal, the yeah. race. Um, you know, they, they ran amazingly. And I was just thinking, why why can't I keep up? What would I have to do <laughs> to keep up with these people? And I thought, it's, you know, it, it, I think, uh, for me, I don't think it's possible. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not naturally talented, I would say. I've I've had to really work at it. There's mm. been no, I wasn't born like this. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, That's how I feel about running. Yeah, yeah. 100%. It shows anyone can do it. You yep. know, the one thing I have going for me is I'm just really, I just persevere. Yeah. Um, I remember being given a wallpaper strip. I'd never done it before at home. And literally from 8 a.m. I continued, um, then got home at 8 p.m. and I was still going. And I hadn't eaten, drunk, got to do anything else. Um, and I was on the last little bit and he's like, come on, you just have to, you need to eat something. <laughs> just stop peeling the wallpaper. <laughs> it's, that, it's that kind of mentality, just I'm going to keep going until until it's done. Uh, you mentioned the spine race. Um, is What's beyond that? What is your next challenge? After the spine? Yeah. I'm going back to do the late 100 again. All right, nice. Um, just some nice, easy races. Yeah, casually. Yeah. Up there, yeah. Oh, I just, yeah. I wanted to do Tour de Jean, but I didn't get myself round into entering it. Um, I'll probably do that one the year after. Yeah. Um, 2020, I want to do all the Wainwrights, like um, oh, Steve wow. Birkinshaw did. Yeah. So that yeah. will be my big thing, I think, for next year. Um, try and do it in not a dissimilar time. Give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> well, best of luck with, um, with, with all that, Sabrina. And thanks very, very much for um, for coming on the Ronswell podcast, talking a little bit more about the Dragon's Back event. I think me and Ben are going to sign up next year. Is that oh, right? brilliant. Okay. <laughs> He's lying. He's lying through his teeth. There's no way I'm doing that. Brilliant. I'll do your wallpaper and that's fine, but yeah. I'm not doing that. <laughs> thanks, thanks again, Sabrina, for your time. Much appreciated. Okay. All Great right. to talk to you. Thanks Cheers. Okay. Cheers, then. Okay, bye. bye. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Rick, tell me a story about running. Well, you know I'm training for this North Downs Way 100. Yeah, you did. In August. Yep. So, And I am worried, mate, about it. I'll be honest with you. And I think that is, you know, we spoke with Anna McNuff a couple of weekends ago and, and she she talked about how an adventure should scare you a little bit. Yep. And actually like I realised that I am I'm actually quite scared about North Downs Way one hundred because, you know, on a very good day it I might be able to do it under twenty four hours. That'd be great. You get yeah. a buckle at that point, which Ooh. is kind of all part of the um appeal. But, you know, it's it's not flat. It's it's a tricky little course. I I've I don't I've never run I've run sixty miles before actually. So it's into the unknown, big time. Um and yes, I want to make sure I don't leave any stone unturned. I don't turn up uh, trying to blag it at all because I think actually right. I will I will come unstuck doing that. So uh, yeah, trying to trying to get as many runners as possible. I ran from Farnham to Guildford yesterday, which is where it's, so Farnham where it starts. Yeah. North way, um, west, on the west side, uh, and it was all good. I, I, had, I had my poles out, so I was looking I was looking a little bit keen because obviously on the on the day I'm going to use poles. Yeah, um, just for the hills. Uh, but you look. I looked a little bit like, wow, this guy is uh, taking his Serious. taking his bank holiday Monday run a little <laughs> bit too seriously. Uh, but yeah, got to got to Guildford, and then I was meant to be meeting my wife in Godalming with a few friends, which is in theory only about four miles away along yeah. the canal, so like pretty easy. Um, but then I got to Godalming, and then I, I looked at where the pub was actually, and it was um, it wasn't in Godalming. Right. <laughs> it was probably another four miles. But I was like, that's fine. I'm gonna be running a hundred miles. So four like, is nothing. Do you know what I mean? What I'm gonna yeah. do like DNF on, on the way to lunch. <laughs> uh-uh. So that wasn't gonna happen. Not those um, four miles. But yeah, it was it was a it was a really bad four miles actually because I, I just took what I thought was a, like the the obvious um, road. Yeah. Very soon there were no pavements on this road. Right. So I was like, oh look, I can't run down a pavementless road. Well, like an A road. Yeah, like on a forty mile an hour road. Oh, fun. So not so, so basically, yeah, I, I had to um I had to take various shortcuts. At one point, I found myself in someone's garden. <laughs> apologies. <laughs> so, by, so apologies about that. Um, and then yeah, it took me about an hour. I was about an hour late, and uh, I turned up, and I was like, oh, you know, really, oh, really, mate, really eventful. I yeah. really hope you don't get that lost. No, agreed. If I get that, get that lost Four in the miles. night, yeah, it doesn't bo- miles, doesn't bode well, does it? To the sort of running almost down to Dover. Oh well, but we'll see what happens. That'll be great. Yeah, it will. It will. I'm, I, I am looking forward to it. But yeah, like I say, it's um, is a, a true challenge is one that you might fail. Do you know oh. what I mean? There's a possibility of failing, and there really is a possibility of me failing like, this. Um, print that off and put it on a on, yeah. a, on a mat. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just trying to uh, trying to give myself the best possible chance. Well, good. I think yeah. that sounds fun. Yeah, no, it'd be good. I mean, it's not the dragon's back, is it? It's not the dragon's back. <laughs> you, yeah, you basically cheating, doing a very short, rubbish 100 mile race. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Runners World podcast. 
Welcoming to the studio now, Kerry McCarthy. Afternoon, chaps. Kerry, what has been catching your attention this week? Uh, what's been catching my attention? Uh, mostly myself. Oh, I have lovely. To say. Oh, God. I, d- I don't know if I mentioned this, but I, I ran a marathon at the weekend. Oh, right. How did it go? Yeah, it went very well, actually. Thanks for asking. Yeah, tell us more. Um, no, the reason why I'm mentioning this, apart from being you know massively self-aggrandizing, um, <laughs> is because it gave me food for thought. I did the Edinburgh Marathon at the weekend, and I got a PB by eight minutes. But, uh, 3.34, since you all asked. <laughs> um, but the reason why I'm mentioning it is because I thought I was injured and it was a massive surprise. And it just it kind of gave, gave me pause of thought with regards to a couple of things. I mean, as my colleagues in the office know, um, my knee was taped up. I was moaning about how my training had gone well. And I thought I, was, I didn't even know if I was going to finish. Get up on the day. Yes, my knee's sore. The middle part, it was sort of the, the first third, very sore at the final third, which perhaps is not um, a surprise. Mm. But the middle third, it was okay. And it just made me think, you've, you've always got more. And we know in the, ma- you know, working on the magazine, we've covered things um, like the central governor theory, which for those of you who don't know, is uh, a theory proposed by Tim Noakes, um, all-round running guru yeah. uh, and biomechanist and scientist, yep. uh, who said that there's a, a process in the brain that basically acts as a protection mechanism, and it tells you you can't do any more when you can. It's lying to you. It's lying to you, basically, or you know, looking after you, stroke yeah. lying to you. Um, it's hard to put a percentage on how much more you've got, but I mean, I think um, the figure of, of 10% has been kind of banded about. Um, and they say that the difference between uh, elites and us mortals is the fact that the elites learn to ignore that and just push through yeah um a bit like paula radcliffe for example when she went for her world record and she was clearly suffering but she smashed out an amazing time um so there's that and just this just this the thought that actually my view on these things is you should you should always go for it if you can you know i had people saying don't run you'll mess it you'll mess your knee up for the future blah 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 and nothing bad happened clearly it wasn't an acute injury but it was very painful but because the race was set up, I went in and did it. I had a surprise result. And I think I just I feel as though there's kind of like a little lesson in there somewhere that mm. you should always, you know, it's better to start up, to start off and fail to finish rather than not start at all. And yeah. I had a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, so, you know, I just yeah. kind of mentioned that. I don't know if anyone else out there has had similar experiences because we've all got tales of where where we think we're going to smash it. and It ends up being a disaster. So it's quite I've nice got, to I've have the way more of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so there's that. Um, secondly, a quick heads up um, for sneakerheads. New Balance have got a uh, new range of shoes coming out, a new range of four shoes coming out based on their fuel cell technology, which is their nitrogen-infused midsole foam, basically. Very light, very bouncy, very fast. Um, I won't go into all four. Um, the one that I think caught our eye in the office is something called the Fuel Cell 5280, um, which we have a first look review up of on the website. And it's essentially a very lightweight race shoe um, without spikes. Well, you would have, it was in winning action yeah. at the Westminster Mile. Indeed. Yep. Yeah, Melissa Courtney wearing yeah. the, the mile shoe. Yeah. So does that mean if we all wear them, we'll all oh, win yeah, on yeah. I think so, yeah. I think we're it, all, we've got 428 in the we're bag. We're only a shoe away yeah. from, uh, from those kind of times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it also, it has a carbon plate in it, which, wow. you know, once again, the likes of Hoka, the likes of Nike, a lot of the brands seem to be getting on this, you know, I hesitate to use the word bandwagon because that implies it's it's a fad. It's clearly a very competent new technology. Yeah. Um, but definitely a shoe to keep an eye on if you're somebody who likes doing short, sharp stuff. Mm. 
Um, and finally, um, if you're listening to this, you've probably already heard the news about London Marathon entries, being the avid runner that you are. But for those that missed it, there was another world record this year with the ballast applications. 457,861 places. Wow. Which is 10% more than last year. Um, now, I kind of took my shoes and socks off to be able to do the maths um, <laughs> and got my Fisher-Price abacus out. And I reckon <laughs> that with 17 and a half-ish thousand ballot places going, yeah, that gives you a 1 in 25 chance of getting in through the ballots. Good luck. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it just shows what a behemoth London is now. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. there's a good reason why it's one of the one of the marathon majors. Well, Kerry, thanks very much for, uh, for filling us in on this week's Running News. And we'll see you again next week. Yeah, cheers. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. I'd like to say a huge thanks to our guest, Sabrina Vergi, and to Number 8 Studios in Soho, where this was recorded. For more news, reviews and interviews, please head over to runnersworld.com slash UK. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Acast, our new hosting partner. And we will catch you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.